our introductory question to this entire podcast is what is the black constellation man i don't know (laughs) i mean it's a pretty loaded question to start with i mean it's a Explain it with words, I have to do it. The ship I came here on vanished. We are the mix of feeling. This is Fresh Off the Spaceship, the story of the Black Constellation, the artist collective that began here in Seattle, but has representatives across the continent of North America, whose works have touched every other continent besides Antarctica. The voice that first served as the call that brought this crew together is fairly well known, that of Ishmael Butler of Shabazz Palaces, Knife Knights, and of course, Diggable Planets. Black Constellation really started as a bar mm. and uh, it became a notion, a myth, and a legend that you know produces tangible things because it you know, started out in a, um, in a song, a Shabazz song in the bar was a I be with my black constellation. With my black constellation. There, it just picked up. And um, people started sort of referring to all of us. And we started referring to each other as that, uh, that hung around each other. So how do we tell a story about something that's so nebulous, uh, creative convening of spirits that often evades words? Well. In brief, I guess I'd say the Black Constellation is a collective of multidisciplinary artists, ones who previously all managed to significantly distinguish themselves individually, but quickly found in each other a rapport and shared language. Through the realms of music, visual art, and writing, the Black Constellation have since created a rich body of work and ethos, even a mythology, if you will, that derives from a shared continuum of culture. So let's start there. Uh, and I suppose with introducing ourselves, the we that is telling the story. My name is Larry Mizell Jr. I'm a DJ and writer for KEXP here in Seattle. Am I supposed to read my line? Is that what? Uh, <laughs> Introduce yourself. Come on down. And I'm Martin Douglas, writer and producer for KEXP. What up, man? What's going on, man? You know, we're in here, and um, in a little bit, we're going to discuss our role in this story as Black music journalists covering the scene in Seattle in the late 2000s when all this collective energy began. And for you, your role as a member of the Black Constellation. That's right. Uh, But for now, I really want to immerse everybody listening in the world of the Black Constellation the way I know best, through music. I mean, you've been playing their music on your show for years, so this can be like a sampling of your work as a DJ. Yeah, a little bit. So we have Shabazz Palaces. All that diamond dust, blowing up your hopes, flamboyant obstacles, oh, deals made too cold. Wow, the is truth. Thosty boss. Triple six stood that bitch that don't miss. I'm some cripple shit when I did. He called stitch up the bitches, bitch, don't I spit. He called snitch all the bitches lick on my shit and don't quit. Quarter red. Twisting up sticky for niggas who ain't with me. I puss it in the air, put on a fresh pair of grippies. I hope you got yours, yo. I got mine with me. Cause niggas catching bullets through they 5950s. Eric Blood. Please do it. 
just Moni. Nicholas Gallinan, a.k.a. Silver Jackson, and Yassine. And really, we're just scratching the surface. The constellation also consists of incredible visual artists, Mikoyo Ali Barnes and Nep Sidhu, and most of the members practice art in many forms. Yeah, just as an example, Nicholas Galanin made headlines with his art installation Never Forget, spelling out Indian land in giant letters in reference to the Hollywood sign, and those Black Constellation Motorcycle Club vests Nep Sidhu made. Incredible. Yeah. I always think about uh, the masks that Mekoyo made for Shabazz Palaces uh, when they first played at the Moore for the Genius Awards. And uh, speaking of Mekoyo, a lot of the members come from lineages of influential artists themselves. But the Black Constellation is about more than just art. When we asked the members to define it for us, we got a variety of answers. I mean, people would describe it as a collective or a, a secret society where, you know, you have to get jumped in. That's Stas, a.k.a. Stas the Boss, rapper, producer, DJ, formerly one half of the group The Satisfaction. I also want to say, nobody actually jumped me. In. You know, some people have come up with all kinds of, of ways to try to figure out what it is, but it's honestly just... Um, People from the same tribe linking up, connecting, you know. We've met before. We've been we've been here before. We all know that. And uh, just to be able to connect with those folks that you, you shared time with before, that's that's what it is to me. To artist, filmmaker, designer, and writer, Mikoyo Ali Barnes, it's a mandate. Without, you know, reading directly from a, a manifesto, I would say that the Black Constellation um, has been an organic commingling of creative spirits and the line to continue to push forward the notion that we as human beings have the potential to be conduits for uh, good and positivity and beauty. Jess Money is a poet, singer, songwriter, and is the youngest member of the crew so far. Uh, most of it, I would say, is ancestral work. A lot of it has to do with the memories that live within our bodies and our family's histories. Um, but really, you know, we're all connected by this understanding that we work within a realm of continuum, which I believe for us means, you know, producing work or producing a life that is really aligned with things that we know to be true within ourselves, within our existence. And it's our reiteration of those things. To Nicholas Galanin, it's... You know, it's infinite. They can be many things when it needs to be. But for me, it's family, you know? And it's a place where, like, all of these makers shape a, a reality in a, in a world that makes all this place a better place to be, you know? And then there's Otis, a.k.a. OC Notes. It's not really nothing crazy. It's, it's an idea Ish came up with, and then, like, a lot of his ideas, it just went to outer space.
Black Constellation really started as a bar and uh, it became a notion. One of the uniting principles of the Constellation is the idea of continuum. That's the idea that May Koyo Ali Barnes put so well in our interview. And I think the continuum, if we're talking about it in its purest form, removes attribution. And I know that attribution is really important for people for a lot of reasons. But if the work is actually the point, then how important is attribution? Although the members have always been interested in detaching their egos from their creations, those creations started making waves in Seattle, and eventually beyond. Jonathan Zwickle wrote the first feature on the collective for Pitchfork. One of their sort of, you know, aesthetic choices is to let the art speak for itself. Um, And so there just really wasn't a whole lot of, you know, information at that time about who they were, how they came together, what their, you know, sort of MO might have been, or, you know, like their sort of creative ethos. They were intentionally, you know, kind of cloaked in secrecy. Earlier than that, Dave Siegel was the first person to write about Shabazz Palaces in the pages of Seattle's alt-weekly, The Stranger. The, the Black Constellation Collective, the sum is greater than the individual parts, but the parts are fantastic. So what you have with Black Constellation is a supergroup operating at a genius level. I, f- I find that the common threads running through Black Constellation artists is their diversity of styles, uh, their ability to adapt to various modes, their rejection of cliché and aversion to stooping to the easy option or glomming on to popular tropes. Perhaps the person best suited to contextualize the constellation in their understanding of continuum, though, would be our family, writer, curator, healer, Nagara A. Kudumu. This group of people and the work that they make constitutes this universe where all things are possible. Nagara's insights have been super crucial in interpreting the Black constellation's cultural output for the larger world. I think that a lot of that has to do with her history in the art world, in writing, and in diasporic healing practices that really cue her into um, some of the stuff that is kind of unsaid that's in the music of the constellation and in the art. They're real deep into collaboration mm-hmm. as a authentic tool of learning from people they think are really, really brilliant. There's an authenticity to their creation that is increasingly less visible mm-hmm. in popular culture. And they ha- also happen to be doing a lot of the things that we find that Black people do when they gather, when they are allowed to create, when they when they place making and creating and generative acts at the center of their life, which is what we have always done. There's a certain renowned Seattle institution that's known for recognizing and supporting that kind of authenticity in music, regardless of marketability. Here's that institution's CEO, Megan Jasper. Sub Pop Records signs artists from around the world, but there has been a focus on local artists over the years. And we work closely with those artists to help them develop their careers and hope to make sure that they are poised in a way where they are able to do whatever the hell they want creatively. 
multiple acts from the Black Constellation have been signed to Sub Pop over the years, and Ishmael Butler has even been made part of the A&R team. But there's another Seattle institution that has close ties with the Constellation that we should probably mention. KEXP is a listener-funded, independent radio station and arts organization based in Seattle, Washington. Ah, yes. That's us. KEXP and the Constellation got history. I should know. I am the host of KEXP's afternoon show. For years, I was the host of our hip-hop show, Street Sounds. I know you don't want to talk yourself up, Larry, but Street Sounds was a huge and important platform for hip-hop music, especially considering the context of KEXP prior to a very certain point in our history. If I was out in the city, I would put on Street Sounds to see what was hot, and not just in Seattle rap, but what was interesting in rap music, period. Nagara Kadumu illustrates why she listened to Street Sounds before she even moved here. Once I knew that the Seattle move was going to happen, I said, okay, I need to get engrossed. I need to know what's going on. And so I turned, I found the radio station. I found KEXP. Mm-hmm. And I was immediately entranced by Larry because if you grew up listening to the radio in the 80s, in the early 90s, you were probably just on that cusp of DJs who were in their youth in the 60s and the 70s still being on the radio. And they had this energy, this flair that was just just like cruise control, like not shoving the music down your throat just like man this this cut this is it i've seen what this cut does in the club Mm -hmm. on in the set i'm gonna play this for you and larry is in that tradition like Mm -hmm. this is somebody who knows music he has seen what this song does at the set he has seen what it does at the concert he has talked to the artists it was also important for local hip-hop artists like Shabazz Palaces and Porter Ray. When we first got together, we used to listen to KXP, you know, listen to Larry Mizell on Street Sounds. And if you heard your song on there, you, you, you felt excited and like you had made it, you know. And now Stas and Otis, they, they, they got radio shows that, that are doing really well. So like you said, like the future is, is happening. That was Ishmael Butler again. He pointed out that another Constellation member, Stas the Boss, herself hosted Street Sounds for years. You're listening to KEXP, Street Sounds, 90.3 FM, Seattle, Washington, broadcasting live. And KEXP's Sunday Soul Show was started by the one and only Otis Calvin III, a.k.a. OC Notes, another member of the Constellation. Touch me. You know what it is? You know just how to touch me. It's OC Notes. Sunday Soul 2.0 Sunday Soul 95 Sunday Soul 98 We updated We was on DOS Now we done wheeled up Wheeled up You know, we attach a lot of meaning to the idea of a star. Just a word that's synonymous with fame and self-obsession. And of course, our survival as a species depends on the light and warmth of a star, the one we call Sol. 
But on a clear night, the sky is absolutely full of them. Over the course of human history, though, it's the groupings of these stars into constellations that have given them meaning and helped us tell stories about ourselves and our world. They've even helped us navigate that world, whether we're returning back home or going towards freedom unknown. We represent um, a reality, a human reality that's tried and true. You think I'm selfish? Exist only to wish on stars. Lay in wait and cut the bars down, then go ice the guards. Touch the hood and go kiss You have your family that you're born into. In the age of travel, which goes back a long time ago, people with that type of curiosity, they 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 trekked out. And on those treks, they landed and found people that they became their other family in the world. That's something people have been doing for a long time that we don't really do that much no more or as at the rate that we used to. But I think that model is something that um, appealed to people that's down with the, with the crew. You know yeah. what I mean? So, again, it's age old, um, but at the same time, it's a, it's a revolution. Like you said, the idea of collectives is age old and holds particular significance in Black American culture. Hip-hop history, for one, is filled with collectives who lifted each other up to create some of the most vital, pivotal art of the last century. Just to list a few, we've had the Juice Crew. I don't know what y'all gonna do with this, but it got to be funky. It got to be funky if you're gonna be on it. I don't care who start, I don't care what y'all do, but you got to be finished before the music is through. Native Tongues. Here in 1992, we present the fabulous What's the Scenario remix. Whereas there are seven MCs, six which are in physical form, one which is in spiritual essence. So Quarian. D'Angelo, play your piano. JD, flip another beat for me. Hold tight with my tear and my nicotine tree. Bust a bus, watch out for who you trust. Odd Future. Rent a supercar for a day. Drive around with your friends, smoke a gram of that haze. Roll easy on the ounce, that's a lot for a day. Just enough for a week, my nigga, what can I say? So this notion of collective identity, it's always been important to people, but it's particularly important to black people in America. Ever since being ferried over against our will from our native continent of Africa, suffering the humiliation of standing on auction blocks, this has been essential not only to our survival, but to the spiritual replenishment of our culture. We find like-minded people, folks with similar backgrounds and experiences as us, and we pay it forward, so to speak, through community, through gathering, through sharing ideas and creating something for future generations to latch on to. And through collectives, you know, we assert our humanity, our sense of self, and they help us channel meaning through communion. They give us the confidence to reach our potential. So everybody with that confidence of, that's being sort of bolstered up by the cats that surround you to do your thing and, and feel good about it and, all, and take chances and all that, those cliche kind of things, we feel empowered to do that. 
That sense of empowerment is really all the more important when you live in one of the historically whitest cities in the United States, where the default setting, whether you know it or not, is to push you out, where every window sign screams that black lives matter, but fewer and fewer black lives can actually afford to live. Like in Seattle's Central District, the historically black but dramatically since gentrified neighborhood in the heart of Seattle. This place, where many of the constellation initially connected, was once home to an extremely thriving, influential jazz scene. Today, though, uh, you'd be better off looking for an artisanal donut or a brew pub than any evidence of that, let alone anybody that actually remembers it. Seattle stylistic, Black Constellation member Mekoyo Ali Barnes has deep roots in the CD. I've heard, again, erroneously, these tales about the Central District being this, you know, financially depressed area where, you know, it was just so dangerous and X, Y, and Z. And it's, it's never been that. We could talk about the desirability of it from, you know, those on the outside. But yeah. uh, for those who occupied it and came to visit, it was always a, a um, rich uh, and hyper-generative space. Just Money also has roots in the CD. What was the CD like back then? Oh, my gosh. You know... Um, blacker. (laughs) (laughs) Black people, like, walking around, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? During that period of time, Seattle was a lot different than it is now. It's the Central District all the way out to the South End, the high schools of, from Nathan Hill to Garfield, Rainier Beach, and Franklin. Like, the amount of people that, that we grew up around that had the abilities and talents that are similar to the ones that we are up here talking about now and and people interested in us now for. Um, Everybody was talented like that. Everybody was funny. Everybody was courageous. Everybody could play two or three sports. Everybody could dance. And it was like, it was almost like living in a small southern city because everybody's parents knew each other. Generations were growing up together. So it was like an energetic wave that, that we were riding um, at that time. The stuff we make now is kind of like the last vestiges of, of the magical period in time in, in Seattle, you know, and for us, and also for a lot of people, it was before, you know, the various booms that came and rearranged the, um, the city in, in the way that we kind of see it now. They tears rattle, but they fell in battle. I pop jail shot, I fall out Bell Seattle. I hear the chatter, but to me it ain't matter. I'm off a stamp passport with some cake batter, getting at it. Seattle, like most cities, has got a history of erasure when it comes to black art. And those stories Ishmael, Moni were referring to, they're they're first person. They live in people and in community. And when those communities get pushed out and those people disappear, so do those stories. If they're not documented, observed, celebrated. And that's part of the mission that's a part of all of the art that the Constellation has produced. This is why, personally, I love them, individually and collectively, but also why I think they merit a level of documentation that does them justice. And that is even more important in a city like Seattle that intentionally either documents poorly or narrowly 
or doesn't document at all. Okay, now I think this would be a great time uh, for you and me to talk about why we're making this podcast. You mean besides the money? That's why I'm here. (laughs) Hello. Far lesser men than me have caked off from this podcast shit. Man, I know that's right. But, you know, I know for years before this, before either of us were employed at KEXP, we were both independently chronicling the movement and the music from this particular group of people via our own separate platforms and kind of chronicling what kind of a sea change they represented in the music scene here, you know, and what that meant and our lens that we both had being black music journalists here in Seattle, Rock City, you know, itself kind of a rarity, talking and interpreting this super black space-born cosmic thing that's also really grounded in the land and the place and the neighborhoods and the people and the slang and the game that we know really well because of our own lives and backgrounds here. Yeah, exactly. It's weird to navigate the terrain as a black music journalist in Seattle because even before Black Constellation, there was so much black music coming out of here and it was all being covered by white journalists, just like the national landscape of black music in general. Right. And we've been talking about that a little bit since Greg Tate uh, passed away, great writer emeritus um, who left us uh, late last year. Truly one of a kind. Yeah. But thinking about how all of this transcendent black art, we've had to be spoon-fed kind of the analysis of white critics in these official tomes. You know what I mean? Your Rolling Stones and your your big books about jazz and all that stuff. So it's it's a whole thing where we have to fight for it. And 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 for existence itself, you know, I think of how many times I've had the experience being outside of Seattle and somebody's like, Hey, where are you from? And I'm like, Seattle, and they're like, there ain't no black people in Seattle. What you mean? I didn't know that. And I'm like, okay, cool. You you literally erased my existence in the statement and all my folks, you know, just offhandedly. But yeah, you know, it makes it harder for black people in the Northwest to exist knowing that their stories and their cultural output isn't seen or valued outside of their region, let alone within, right? You ask people about Seattle hip hop, you're going to hear a couple things and it might not uh, put you in mind of black contribution to art here. So we have to fight for it by any means possible. And it's like, we need documents. We need documentarians. These things have to be kept, observed, celebrated. These things get washed away. They get painted over. So we have to fight to keep these things alive, to pass it on to the next generation. Yeah, I mean, as writers, we're charged with documenting culture. We're charged with basically writing the histories, right? So yeah, your role in the Black Constellation seems to be that documentarian especially with this podcast, but even before you joined the crew, even in your writing for The Stranger, the amazing stuff that you did with my philosophy, that you're providing a record for Black Constellation and their significance to the Seattle community. Well, thank you for that, Martin. Um, Yeah, I wrote a column for like over a decade called My Philosophy about hip-hop here in Seattle. So yeah, I covered the ascent of a lot of uh, the music that you might think of when somebody mentioned Seattle hip-hop. Uh, I got to see it firsthand, but that includes one of the most important cultural uh, uh, movements of the 21st century to me, um, and that would be the Black Constellation. And, and that's why we're here. Not telling these stories leaves us with half a map, blots out the stars, leaving us lost in the wilderness. There have been so many cultural touch points 
that would have meant so much to so many if they'd only known. Because those stories were never told. Just as a quick example, have you ever heard of Tina Bell? Back in 1983, a group of Seattle punks formed a quartet named Bam Bam, fronted by a beautiful, powerfully charismatic sister named Tina. By 84, they'd be recording their sound, a sludgy, metallic punk rock, at the same studio with the same producer this so-called grunge was created at. Later, of course, by white dudes. That sound would become Seattle's most popular profitable, and exhaustively well-documented musical export by what could only be measured in light years. Bands like Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, Pearl Jam, Nirvana would go on to collectively sell hundreds of millions of records, yet through the dozens of documentaries, books, and stage plays, Bam Bam is nowhere to be found. But look, this isn't about Bam Bam, grunge, or any of that. The point is, we've got to own and tell our stories, or they'll be painted over, torn down, or at best, co-opted, squeezed for the juice. They take jazz, take soul, take hip-hop, and lame the nigga every inch and every drip drop. They money-making, Harlem shaking to the pish posh. They trying to fuck it till they come, hope they get off. Researching rhymes, dictionary, a thesaurus. If it was in your heart, you wouldn't have to work hard. Throughout this podcast, we're going to be exploring a story that hasn't been told anywhere else of the Black Constellation and those who make it up, the messages they've transmitted, ideas about collaboration, intuition, ritual, self-determination, and legacy, the continuum they practice in, some of the ways in which parts of Lily White Seattle and its surrounding communities have, in fact, long been rooted in blackness, the story of this region rarely told. A story loosely based on us Without no pain and thus the main essence yeah. Essentially a rules or a misfocus An absence of style where it should be must To grind all the diamonds that we mine to dust And sell it back to us with the cold markups That's wow. perverted desires, man, it's greed, it's lust To do it how we do it but without no us With one nigga ballin' like he's enough Oh no, man I let my cobra clap Myself and my man, Martin Douglas, are going to be talking with the members, the artists they've inspired, and the people on the ground who witnessed the crew's formation. So join us next time as we speak further with the Palisir himself, Ishmael Butler. I'm excited to see what happens just as much as anybody else, you know. This episode of Fresh Off the Spaceship was written, produced, and edited by Martin Douglas, Janice Headley, Dusty Henry, Isabel Khalili, myself, Larry Mizell Jr., with audio production by Julian Martlew and mastering by Matt Ogaz with extremely valuable input from Reka Murthy. We want to thank Sub Pop Records and all the members of the Constellation who've given us permission to feature their music in this episode. And we want to thank you, the listener. My name is Isabel Khalili. I'm one of the folks who's been working on this podcast. And in case you didn't catch it earlier in the episode, KEXP has been proudly listener-funded for the last 50 years. The freedom we have to pursue projects like this podcast comes completely from the support of our community. 
And if you're here with us now, you're part of that community. So if you've enjoyed what you've heard so far and want to support the show, you can go to kexp.org slash fresh. A one-time gift of $35 can make a huge difference. Or if you prefer to show your support in a different way, it would mean a lot to us if you shared this podcast with someone you think might enjoy it. And of course, rating and reviewing the podcast really helps other people find it. Thank you and hope you join us on the next episode to learn more about the artists of the Black Constellation. More gifts.